Hello and welcome back. This week for episode eight, I'm joined by George Monk, founder of Clean Up UK, who's going to be talking with us about the fight to keep Britain's streets clean from litter by organising local communities. We discuss how poverty and deprivation affects an individual's feeling of pride in their surroundings, the variety of reasons why people litter, how things have changed over the decades, how litter picking can bring about healing post-COVID and much more. If you like this episode and would like to follow George's work, please follow the links in the description. And if you'd like to support us, you can make a donation at restoreourplanet.org or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, welcome back to Restore Our Planet Podcast with me, your host, Jack Cole. I'm here with George Monk, who is the founder and executive director of Clean Up UK. George, welcome. How are you? Yeah, great. Very happy to be with you, Jack, and to talk about important things. Fantastic. Sounds good. So just to kick things off, would you mind telling our audience a little bit about your background and how things got started with you? Yeah, well, my background is is many and varied. Um, at university, I studied uh, Latin, Greek and ancient history and a bit of philosophy. So that clearly equipped me perfectly to go into the environmental sector. <laughs> and um, through my time, I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry as a management consultant, latterly as the um, chief executive of a barrister's chambers. And it was at that point I thought, I've got to do something different and something that fulfills me. Excellent. Brilliant. And I'm sure that leads us on nicely to uh, how, did, how did Clean Up UK get started? Well, uh, funny enough, you know, I blame my parents. I think mo most parents are responsible for most things, you know, aren't they? And um, <clears throat> they, when I was seven, we used to go on holidays to North Devon and to Woolacombe. And I've always remembered that they organised a beach litter pick. So this was in, I'm giving my age away now, 1964. And it was quite unusual to do something like that then. But more than that, you know, we lived in a village in Hampshire, my dad would always take me round the lanes, picking up the litter, trimming the nettles and all this sort of stuff. So I think it was instilled in me from, from an early age. Brilliant. And then tell me, how did that then develop into uh, you founding your organisation? Yeah, well, I, I, I've always picked up litter. You know, I hate the side of it. It sort of blights the lovely countryside where I've generally been uh, lucky enough to live. And so when I was at the Barristers Chambers, I was just thinking, I've, I've really got to, you know, go and do something that makes me feel fulfilled. What am I passionate about? Litter. So um, what I did was I sent a questionnaire to all about three, 430 odd local authorities in the UK then and saying what's needed to improve the litter situation. And uh, I got a really good response rate. And the overwhelming uh, uh, answer was, we need to get more people involved. We need to get the citizens involved. Okay, and then how does Clean Up UK come in? What, what exactly, how do they uh, orchestrate that uh, coming together of communities? Yeah, well, um, we started off perhaps aiming at everyone with a site, a website called Litter Action, which we started in partnership with the campaign to protect rural England, CPRE. Um, which was headed at the time by Bill Bryson, very, very passionate litter activist and right. campaigner, yeah. and um, who's done, I think, a huge amount for the cause. But we, over the first two or three years, realised, you know, we're a small organisation, so we need to target what we do and focus it very carefully. And we thought, well, where's litter worst? 
Well, it's worst in those areas of, of deprivation and disadvantage. So we, we then took the decision to narrow our focus to working on the ground in um, disadvantaged areas, initially in London and Birmingham. Why do you think there is a connection between uh, litter, you know, dropping and sort of deprived areas? It's one of these things that is is very complex, I think, Jack. And um, I think it's to do with the fact that often the uh, uh, more affluent areas are, are better looked after by the local authority. Perhaps people are better com at complaining in those areas. Um, in the in the more disadvantaged areas, frankly, a lot of people have other things to occupy their their minds, and their priorities are different. Often survival, uh, but often in the in the uh, more disadvantaged areas, the population is denser. It's it's more mixed. Uh, the communities aren't quite so strong, and often even things like the street furniture, as we might call it, is is a bit more. Uh, in less good repair, perhaps fewer bins historically in some places. So it's a combination of all sorts of things. That's really interesting. I never thought of that. Are there any other sort of surprising trends that you came across? Well, I suppose when you think of it, that isn't a surprising trend. Um, but um, it's certainly where um, we have, uh, you know, put most of our effort because that's where the effort's needed. I think one of the surprising things I've come across in the whole sort of litter arena, as I've got uh, experienced in it over the last 14 years, um, during the life of Clean Up UK, is why people drop litter. And again, research done by Keep It and Tidy shows there are all sorts of reasons why people drop litter, ranging from, oh, I didn't think it was litter, like a little bit of paper or an apple core, to, um, well, there wasn't a bin there. What was I supposed to do? Mm. To people who are actually very angry about the fact that the council haven't provided a bin or cleaned this place up. Um, to the then the perhaps the extreme of people who really don't care. And I think actually they are the most difficult litterers to address and challenge. Absolutely. So how do you begin to address those uh, those challenges? Is it education or is it some other? Yeah, so good question, take... Jack. I mean, the the ways to uh, address the whole problem of littering, I think, are many and varied. And if anyone says this is the answer, I, I would be very sceptical of them. So it's, it's a mix of uh, infrastructure, so having the right litter bins in the right places, and that they're emptied uh, often enough. How, how many overflowing litter bins right. have we seen? Absolutely, yeah. And I'm not blaming the councils for this, because often with their hugely reduced budgets, they're stretched too. Um, it is, education is important, but again, it's more complicated, I think, than some people feel. Because in my experience, uh, primary school children love going out litter picking. They're really, you know, they educate their, their parents about recycling and litter picking. But then when, uh, you know, they turn into teenagers, there are other priorities and suddenly it's not very cool to put your litter in a bin. And yeah. uh, one of my uh, hopes is that one day we can make it really cool to put your litter in a bin. <laughs> um, so yeah. there, you know, there are all sorts of, it, that's what fascinates me about the whole litter issue. It's full of 
many and varied uh, issues. Fantastic. And, and tell me a little bit. So you said that you started with your father in 1964, you said in North Devon. How was how the general kind of, that's a bit of a strange way of putting it, but how has the litter scene, as it were, changed? Is it more litter now? Is it a different type yeah. of litter? How, the, how are things? Well, it, well, it's interesting to sort of plot the um, timeline of it because Keep Britain Tidy was formed as a campaign by the Women's Institute, amongst others, in the early 1950s. And I guess that up to then, you know, littering had gradually been increasing, but in the 1950s, someone said, hey, look, you know, this is getting too much. So even by the early 1960s, 1964, we're talking about, perhaps, you know, the litter situation wasn't any, well, I know it wasn't anything like it, it, it is today, but what has undoubtedly made it uh, exponentially worse is the advent of fast food and eating on the go. Mm. And um, you walk down um, any street or any country lane even, find there are fly tips, all sorts of things there. But if you look at the littered rather than fly tipped items, they're all to do with eating and drinking on the go. Um, and, and so I think that has been the big change. Cigarette butts as well, aren't there? Yep, you're right. Come on, one. So tell me back again to Clean Up UK. How did the very first few groups start? Did you start with your sort of your local community, or how did? Yeah, how were the first first few uh, groups formed, and how, and how did it go at the time? Yeah, well, if I talk about the groups that um, we helped to start in, the, the you know the disadvantaged areas. We actually started working in the five, what were then known as the Olympic London boroughs, leading up to the 2012 Olympics. So they were Newham, Tower, Hamlets, Hackney, uh, Greenwich and Waltham Forest. So we had a, a we employed a, a, a project coordinator on the ground to go around these boroughs, looking for people to start up litter picking groups. And uh, even then, uh, you know, she was she was knocking at an open door. People wanted to do something for their community. And, um, you know, gradually we built up the momentum and uh, to the extent that in London and Birmingham now, um, over those, um, so that was 2011, we started that project over those 10 years, we've helped more than 350 uh, litter picking groups start up in the disadvantaged areas of London and Birmingham. Brilliant. And this sort of feels like a, maybe a bit of an obvious question, but does have you noticed it has brought communities together? Do you know, that's a very good point, Jack, because actually what we say is that we're not just an environmental organisation, we're a community organisation too. And the feedback we've had from the groups that we've helped to get together has been as much about the social and community aspects of it, as well as the environmental aspects. And also things like mental health. People say, gosh, you know, we really feel good going out there with people probably we didn't know before. So we've made some friends. We've been doing something that's uh, got immediate impact within an hour of going to a place that's badly littered. We've made it look spick and span. And, you know, also our mental health has improved. Our fitness has improved. Our, uh, our friend, you know, our group of friends has, has broadened as well as a good environmental impact. So it's a, I don't know, win, 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 win situation, I think they might call it, Jack. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, what's the kind of the general trend of Clean Up UK? I mean, are, are you just finding there's more and more and more groups now and things are expanding and attitudes are changing or? Yeah, I mean, actually from our own point of view in Clean Up UK, our challenge has been 
how to grow further uh, around the disadvantaged areas of the UK without uh, mounting up huge costs in doing so. In fact, one of our uh, former trustees made, I thought, the very graphic point. Cleanup UK needs to find a way of expanding without creating a beast that needs feeding. So what we're trying to do at the moment, in fact, we've just started a, a new way of working, which is to um, expand out from London and Birmingham to, to uh, seven other towns and cities uh, around England to start with that have high levels of uh, uh, disadvantage and, and, and littering and uh, try and work through local volunteers and local organisations so that we're, if you like, supporting them and helping them to work in their own areas. Okay, brilliant. Um... I'm really fascinated. We, we did sort of touch on it a few moments ago. I'm really fascinated in this idea of of why people litter. Um, could you expand a little bit on? Do, do you feel like it's almost like a kind of? Uh, I don't want to say this sounds maybe a bit heavy, but a sort of spiritual, deeper kind of you know nihilistic kind of uh, feeling has taken over people. They don't really seem to seem to care, and they don't feel sort of connected to the to the to the environment around them. I, I even I was even reading recently quite a good point of ug ugly architecture attracts uh, crime because people don't feel that sense of beauty and respect yep. in their environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've just answered my own question there, but do you think litter kind of ties into that in some sense of people's I, I think very much and, so. yeah. yeah, very much. And um, what people now refer to as the built environment. If your if your surroundings are, in, are inspiring then you know you're probably more likely to, to to take care of them but i think the advent of the pandemic and the lock various lockdowns jack has, has uh, you know shed a bit more light on this we've all i'm quite sure noticed to, to start with the number of face marks masks chucked on the ground yeah the number of you know gloves bottle empty bottles of sanitizer all these sort of things chucked around the place which again, I, I think it's about you, you talk about pride, perhaps awareness of, of people's area that actually they're thinking I'm just dropping one small thing. But if everyone does it, it turns into one big pile of, of stuff. And and also the fact within the pandemic and lockdowns is that people are dropping stuff that could be contaminated with a virus, yeah. Yeah. which is not a very smart thing to do. And um further than that there's been some uh, fairly recent i think it was last year research in holland showing that the specific dropping of what you might call covid litter has had a particularly bad effect on on wild animals and they've got caught up in masks and and you know swallowed rubber gloves and uh, right so i think i think it, yes there are there are still many and varied reasons why people drop litter but it's particularly disappointing to us that this has not only continued, but exacerbated in the pandemic. Okay. Yeah, I was about to come on to the pandemic. So what, what role do you think that Clean Up UK and these litter picking groups can have in, in the, you know, the, the COVID recovery in terms of people's mental health, et cetera? Yeah, well, a, a good point. And, and I mean, you talk about mental health. Uh, litter picking just allows you to get out into the open air and do something very simple, very easy, and very positive, and very beneficial to you. So 
the mere fact of doing it is an antidote to having been locked away for, for so long. Um, so there's, there's that obvious thing. Um, I, I think it's litter picking by people all around the country is even more needed now because of the extra rubbish dropped in, in the lockdowns. Um, and we're seeing um, even now some, some litter picking groups have been a bit reluctant to to get back out there because they're worried about the social distancing and the mm. and particularly if they're older and, and at risk. Of course, so there is there is this complicating uh, background to it. It's not life now. We all know isn't quite as simple and straightforward as it was before. Absolutely, um, sounds like yeah. Your organisation have a really big role to play actually in a variety of uh, areas there and in um, recovery. It's like a bit of a separate issue, actually, but I wanted to ask you about biodegradables and what you think in terms of, you know, if, I mean, you know, let's, let's say, for example, that everything that is thrown away um, was biodegradable. Do you think, what, what, what do you think effect that would have in terms of, um, well, in general, really, what effect do you think that would have? Oh. That's my question. <laughs> a cracking, cracking question, Jack, because the, again, there's more to this than meets the eye because I think, uh, I mean, of course, I'm I'm in favour of all uh, packaging. Uh, first of all, being minimised. Secondly, being biodegradable. But one still has to remember that if something biodegradable is dropped as litter, it doesn't biodegrade instantly. It sometimes takes well, it might be two or three years to biodegrade properly. So it's still. Um, on the whole, you think even a bit of a fruit pill or an apple core, yeah. it doesn't disappear immediately, um, let alone some biodegradable uh, packaging or a, a bag or something. Um, so it's still, in terms of litter, it, it takes some time to stop being litter. So uh, I, although uh, uh, biodegradable packaging, I think, is it, it's got to be the way we go. We've got to minimise it and we've got to stop dropping it too. Absolutely. Okay. And so, George, is there anything else you'd like to like to share with us that, you know, maybe some insights you've had over, over the years that you find found interesting or something excites you about the future? Well, uh, well, the first thing I'll say is that some of the feedback we've had from people who've been out litter picking has been quite heartwarming, actually. One of the quotes I always remember from a lady, I think, in Newham in London, was she said she went out on her litter pick and she said, I now know there are good people in my area. I mean, you know, what, a, what an uplifting discovery. Um, but I think the, the, my overriding message to anyone who uh, uh, perhaps doesn't go out litter picking and thinks it might be something they'd like to do is that you get such wonderful benefits from doing so. It makes you feel better. It makes other feel better. Other people feel better. It makes your neighbourhood a nicer place to live in. And um, I think, funnily enough, we're, we're researching uh, the consequences at the moment on, on global warming uh, of littering, because it's not quite clear if right. the yeah. act of littering actually, well, how it, it uh, sort of harms the, uh, the global warming uh, issue. But um, we are talking to... Um, some old friends of ours in one of the universities about doing a project on this. So there may be even broader, and we think there probably are broader and longer term issues and benefits 
that we can bring to the planet and not just to our communities. Brilliant. So are you on that? Would you say you're optimistic about the future? Things are heading in the right direction or are we heading for a catastrophe? Which, which way are we headed? <laughs> Jack, the, you know, for any of us in the litter, litter arena, if we aren't optimistic about the future, we wouldn't be here. You know, the, the main thing is, and again, going back to research from Keeper and Tidy, that shows that if a place is uh, has no litter, then I wouldn't say it's not going to get littered again, but research shows people are less likely to re-litter it. Mm. So I think there's that too. And um, I, I'm very optimistic about the future because I think if we can get as more and more people in the UK citizenry, if you like, involved in in keeping litter you know off the streets and the lanes and the parks it part of it shows other people that their neighbors care and it might well it does i think make people think twice about dropping their own litter if they see other people mm. picking it up absolutely i agree so george where can people uh, follow you and see what you're up to and what what's going on well the main main place um is to go to to clean up uk dot org dot uk and that will have links to our social media and and please come and join us and and get get out there because all i can say is that you must do it safely and and get a litter picking stick and and wear gloves but you'll love it and you'll make great friends and you'll do your neighborhood a great service absolutely and just just for a few stats there so i think I think I saw, if I'm right, you've got something like quarter of a million bags of litter have been picked up in about a decade or something like that. And then it's, you've got 432 groups and about 1500 members. So pretty substantial uh, number of people getting involved. Um, yeah. And there are loads more throughout the UK who, who we don't have a right. connection with who are involved. So it's certainly, if you like, it is uh, one of the things of the moment, litter picking. I think people realise the moment has come to do something about it. Absolutely. Okay, George, thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast, Jack.